welcome to She Illuminated. I'm Jana Fuchs, a licensed clinical psychotherapist and soul coach for burnt out women and moms looking to take control of their stress and say hello to a more joyful life. I'm also a mom to two incredible young humans, one of whom is autistic. Together, we will dive into real, raw, and messy conversations about intuition, vulnerability, and the resilience of the human spirit. We all deserve the gift of connection to ourselves and to our lives. So let's spend a little time together here, and perhaps we can walk through the rest of this day feeling just a bit more brightly illuminated. Let's go. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 13 of She Illuminated. I'm your host, Jana Fuchs, and this marks the official final episode of 2023, Hard to Believe. And I'm so excited to kick off 2024, but to celebrate the new year and say goodbye and farewell to 2023, I am bringing on an extra special guest today. My special guest is none other than Whitney Reynolds, who is an executive producer. She is host and, quote, chief inspo officer of the Telly Award-winning and Emmy-nominated Whitney Reynolds show. And prior to launching her nationally syndicated program, she worked in news for NBC, and she went on to launch her first talk show on that network. Whitney believes in more seats at the table, inspiration in the hard moments, and hope for all. This mindset for unique programming originally bucked the trend when the Whitney Reynolds show launched in 2012 on PBS. The show's inspirational mission developed from Whit's firsthand experience with a challenging childhood. She had the gift to gab and combined that to create a program that flips the script, one that invites the viewers to switch seats and feel seen for exactly where they are. So Whitney's safe space mission, however, doesn't stop with her TV program. Since 2013, she has hosted a motivational give back segment on iHeartRadio and in 2021 launched a national iHeart podcast, Pop and Positivity. She's also authored Beyond the Interview and in 2023 did a TEDx talk at Wrigley Field and also made Crane's 40 Under 40 list. Over the years, Whitney has helped in fundraising over $2 million for local and global charities through her media work, and she currently sits on the board of managers for the Service Club of Chicago. I could go on and on about this woman, and I just want to share with you that you all are going to eat this interview up. We talked all about how Whitney got to where she is now and how she's managed to balance parenting two kids, twins, and making sure that she was also trying to care for herself, for her own mental health, making sure that she was giving each of her two very different kids what they each needed from their sweet mama and how she keeps herself from burning out. 
And then finally, we're also going to be talking about when one child has more intense needs than another, how a family can work together to divide and conquer and make sure that every child feels seen and gets the love, attention, and support that they need. So without further ado, it gives me such great pleasure to introduce you all today to Whitney Reynolds. Whitney Reynolds, welcome to She Illuminated. I am beyond giddy to have you here. And yeah, can't wait to dive in with you and hear all the good. So welcome. I am so excited to be on your platform because of what you're standing for and what you're doing with it. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you. Well, okay. Let's start out with maybe you telling us a little bit about your current career and a little bit about the path that got you to where you are. Well, that is a really interesting question because I would say it has evolved in the last month which is very new to probably anybody that knows my story because for the last three decades, I have been chasing the dream. So when I say that, I was one of those weird kids when most girls were playing with Barbies, I was taping a tennis ball to an empty paper towel holder because I was making a microphone. And so I would interview people, my poor neighbors, all of them got interviewed. They would pay me to rake their leaves and then I would make them let me interview them. In fact, there's not a season in my life that I don't remember knowing that I was going to do exactly what I'm doing today. And the reason I say that in the last month it's changed is I know I'm living the dream. So when you're living the dream, how do you step out and make a bigger dream now? So for so many years, I was chasing it. Now I'm in it. So how do I expand this vision and take others along with me? So I do a national TV show. I've been on PBS nationally syndicated since 2021, have been doing my show for over two decades. And when I launched, it was originally around the town show that morphed into a big mission-centric show. So we break down topics that we feel are valuable to society and that inspire people to own their story and dig deep with it. And when we moved over to PBS, that's what we walked into with the Whitney Reynolds show. And so now that we have been nationally syndicated and we're reaching 500 million people a week, we're like, okay, what is the long-term goal here? And the long-term goal is to be the voice of hope for the nation. So when people think about hope and owning their story and knowing that they can prevail, they think the Whitney Reynolds show. And that's what we're stepping into now. That is incredible. So like on that note... Are there any kind of like standout stories? And I'm sure that you have probably hundreds of them by now, but are there any stories that come to mind for you that really bring about that feeling of hope? And I'm also hearing, I think, in there too, like connection, like you are connecting people to themselves and to one another, which I love, which that also overlaps with what I do. So yeah, are there any kind of like standout stories that you just like really are so proud of what you were able to bring to your audience? So when we tell stories, we always go at it a different way. We don't necessarily book a celebrity 
to have them on to talk about their latest movie. We want that deep connection. We want to really know what makes that story valuable to our viewers. And so when I think about going into season seven, I just wrapped what's going to be released in the spring. And I was floored by the people that were in our studio this current season. We had a former WWE wrestler that now has completely transformed transgender into her story, which is really one of the most powerful because this one hit on a different chord for me. But as I'm interviewing her, I felt my little tear ducts get heavy. And that very rarely happens to me because we're telling deep stories all the time. And so most of the time I'm like in it. But for a second, I realized what this person across from me had to go through to be sitting across from me telling this story and how brave and bold and also not condescending to anybody that's judged her. I mean, it was the most incredible. And so releasing that story this upcoming spring is really this beautiful moment for our team to be trusted with her story and to be able to tell it right. And these are delicate topics. Just by saying a transgender woman on our show, as we know, some of your listeners might be like, hot button, hot button, because that's a delicate topic. So how do we tell it in a very life-giving way that honors her story? And also educates people because this is a whole new playing field for what she's going through in Texas. Yeah, gosh. And I actually felt my own tears come to the surface because I have worked with clients over the years in similar situations. And I think the other thing that makes what you're doing so captivating is that even though some of these stories might be very different circumstantially from what each individual listener is going through, the theme of being a human, the theme of are we going to be accepted if people know our story, if they actually knew the real story, right? And we all have those. That's what's crazy is I think about this all the time is when I'm like, in the middle of grocery shopping and there's someone cuts you off or, you know, there's hustle bustle. Maybe your cashier isn't the nicest or whatever. If we actually take a pause and we understand that we're all living our own different stories, what we see on the outside, no one really knows those intricate details. But if we take time to really understand those with the person across from us, we are probably more alike than different. And it doesn't matter what you do, what lifestyle you're living. Most of the time, that human cord is very strong. So what within you guided your kind of like mission statement of bringing people's stories, like real people, not celebrities like you were talking about, but the real stories of real people and like from a values perspective, and I talk about values a lot on my show because it guides all the work that I do, both as a clinician and as a coach. How did you get to that point where you were like, this is the direction I want to go? Like you could have gone another direction. You could have done the whole celebrity interview thing exclusively. Yeah. Yeah, We love our celebrities because we have them on every show, but we're always going deeper with them. And so when we started out on this whole bigger mission thing, I was in my 20s. I had done the Around the Town show. I was living in downtown Chicago. I was single at the time. And 
I just had this dumbfound moment on North Pond with my dog or walking around and I'd been through a lot at that stage in my life from my childhood. And if you read Wikipedia or you read my bio, it says the word tumultuous childhood. And although I don't fully go there with my story yet, because there's more authors than just myself involved, yeah, it was a pivotal thing in my life that created this, who I am as a person and what I want my gift to be to the world. If I could get through what I got through, other people can get through their stuff. And how do we make an open space to let that come out and live. And so that's what I thought if I could foster that, I have the gift to gab. I know that I was born talking. So I knew I had that. And then I also very rarely does someone in their 20s own their own show in Chicago and have a team that supports them. So I had that component. But then I had this moment where, okay, God, I see what you're doing here. I have this, this, these are the key ingredients for something really powerful. And how do I leave my mark here on the world? And so that's when the Whitney Reynolds show was developed. And that's when we moved over to PBS. And we were told it wasn't going to be sexy enough. We were like, people literally said it won't make it because it's not that juicy gossip. It's not this. And Mm -hmm. we knew we were bucking the trend then. Little did we know a decade later, COVID would happen and everybody's needing hope. Everybody's wanting to dig deep with their stories because we're owning, hey, we've all been through tough stuff. So when we first launched, it was really stepping out, understanding that I hadn't gone through what I did and I didn't have the platform I had. And it was time to create something really powerful. As you were talking just now, like the word spirituality just kept coming up for me. And everyone relates differently to the word spirituality, whether you are someone who is deeply religious or not, spirituality means different things to different people. And really what I think the universal theme is, is kind of going back to a sense of hope. I think spirituality gives us hope connection to ourselves and greater connection to others. And I think I also was hearing that word because I felt like you had this very strong intuitive hunch that you almost had this like responsibility to use your gift of gab to be of service. Is that right? Exactly. And that is where the stars aligned for me. And I think about this because I don't like the word luck because If some people could say, that was lucky, but I was this, okay, this is a lot that I have in circular motion. If we keep this going, we can really create something that is outstanding. And it was really believing in myself at that time because I had to dig my heels. And again, the networks were wanting that around the town Whitney that would eat sushi on air and talk to a chef. Okay, now we might have a chef on our show but he's bringing the hope. He's going to tell us what is really going into his cooking underneath. And so that is really when we stepped into it, it was this time of, no, we're going to do this because people all have their story. And how do we share that with the world? And a lot of people don't know how to do that. So if we can facilitate that, that's some powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you kind of like gently shifting the focus to 
how you seem to balance a being in the spotlight, which I think lots of us tend to romanticize who aren't in a position like yours. We think it's all glamour and you're so lucky to piggyback off of what you were saying. But there's also, it's not just all that. You're a real person, right? You're a real person with a family of your own, right? With two amazing children and a loving, devoted husband who I know is like your partner in every sense of the word because I see the way he shows up in your life. So how do you balance all of it? Being a mom, working, being a wife, managing the household, being in the spotlight. What does that look like for you? Yesterday, I was at the grocery store and my mom was in town and we were walking in and this lady came up to me and said, I am such a fan of your show and you've lost so much weight. (laughs) So I'm sitting there and I look at my mom and again, I'm just really like, okay. I said, well, thank you. I said, thanks for watching. Our new season comes out. And after she scooted on, I said, mom, I guarantee you we might run into somebody in a minute that says, I've gained too much weight. I'm telling you, when you're in the spotlight, people in the same day can say, I'm too thin, I'm too chubby, I'm too loud, I'm too soft, because everybody has this opinion. So I have had to start having my own opinion of myself, of who I am, and knowing like, okay, that's a really nice comment. That was for that lady to say, I said, I will take that as a compliment. I I will. But it is is one that for years, it, those kind of things would bug me yeah. and and it would almost feel like a personal attack. And now I've just realized when you put yourself out there, like I am, there are going to be comments. You did mention my kids. I'm very private about where they go to school and where we live. And I'll, I'll tell people, like, even today when my mom was leaving for the airport, she wanted to take a picture with my kids. And I said, okay, we need to um, zip up your jackets because they had on their uniforms. Mm-hmm. And it's really important that my kids' privacy is protected because we do live in such a unique world. And I want my kids to be as normal as they can. And yes, they do have a mom that's on national television. But at the end of the day, they are two seven-year-olds that are just loving life, growing in new teeth and everything else. So I've had to learn how to brush off the comments. And some yeah. days they get me more than others. And yeah. really, one of my friends that's in the television business, she's an actress. She gave me the best advice. And I'm not to this point in my career yet where I have a manager that goes through all the unwanted comments, but she has a manager that literally, if she needs to know something, it will get brought to her attention. Like if there is something really that came out that shouldn't be out there about her. Okay, here you go. But for the most part, she doesn't read them and she doesn't have to hear them. And uh, unfortunately, like the lady that ran into me at the grocery store, I can't weed through that. But at the same point, it's understanding that we are human. We, some days I'm really good at balancing the plates and some days they shatter on the ground and I'm a wreck because I am human at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. it's just understanding that our life is more out there than others. Yeah. And again, I can be chubby and skinny in the same day. I can be too loud, too soft. And everybody has an opinion on where you are with it. You just have to be confident enough in who you are and then surround yourself with the best. So I've had friends that I've had to let go out of my life, which I've still, I'm a cheerleader for them, but I need a really strong circle of people that believe in what we're doing and don't 
bring you down. And I know that sounds super cliche, but you got to align your little army of people that lift each other up. Completely agree. And I think we are all blessed if we even just have a small handful of those unconditionally loving and supportive and aligned friends. Yeah. And just a PS response to what you started out saying, as you were talking just now, with people commenting about your weight, I, as a woman in the world and in the work that I do, I have yet to meet a woman who does not internalize in some way, shape, or form all the societal messages and expectations. And I know that nearly every woman I encounter in the work that I do, at some point, it comes up. And just yesterday, it actually came up with a client. And I disclosed that in my circle of unconditionally loving, supportive friends, we have a rule. And the rule is we do not comment about weight at all. Wow. What that does is it takes the focal point off of what I honestly feel is a really boring conversation. I mean, truth be told, it's not unusual for me to gain five to seven eight pounds within a year. The body fluctuates. And I have a couple different pairs of jeans in different sizes that are all cute. So I can feel good at any size. Right. right? I would rather focus my time on like the real stuff versus fitting into a size zero and having that be praised because that goes against my value system. Like coming back to values again, it's I don't love my friends anymore or any less if they've gained five pounds, if they've gained 10 pounds, who cares? There are more important things I want to talk about. That's what's so interesting too about people that follow our show or follow us. They always come in really hot. Like they know us really well. And it's amazing. I said, David, they really know everything about, you know, it's just really funny because we do have that connection with strangers that they know a lot about you and you don't know anything about them. So, you know, that's a funny part of the business too. Yeah. Yeah, that's really actually sidebar, funny little memory. My husband, Sam, and I went to the Jimmy Kimmel show a number of years ago. And I would always joke, Jimmy's like my boyfriend. He just doesn't know it. Not that I really have a crush, but I just, I go to bed every night watching him, right? We have a relationship. He just doesn't know it. And we were sitting like center with within like in the center of the audience within like 10 feet of Jimmy. And when he was done, he just walked off the stage, not even so much as a bye, everybody, or thank you. We had all been clapping for four hours as hard as we can. And I was like, wait, we're in a relationship. Like, how could you not even say goodbye? (laughs) But I can imagine from, and I laugh as I say it, but I can imagine from your perspective and the comments that you get, it's me, (laughs) but you're a listener. And for the most part, our people are so nice. It can be two things in the same day and you're like, okay. Yeah, Yeah. you have to have a strong sense of self and a thick skin and know that most people mean well. Right. Right. And going back to us all being women, if if you catch me on the wrong day of the month, that could make me tear up if you (laughs) say I've gained weight. But for the most part, I've developed thick skin. Sometimes they slide through. It's a skill. It's a skill. I think generally, by and large, we get better at it as we age. 
Yes. And that's what I keep hearing. I'm 37 right now. And so I keep hearing that when you enter your 40s, which I am actually very excited about getting older and wiser in a beautiful way, because I've noticed as I've aged, I'm more responsible for my mental health too. So what I allow in, I'm finding this responsibility of protection of it. And that is coming with age. So I really, like when people say in your 40s, you just, you don't care as much. It doesn't mean that you let yourself go, but you don't mentally hold yourself up so much. I'm really looking forward to like less and less of that in a good way. Yeah, it's like less approval seeking from others and more of just this like quiet confidence that like, you're good. You don't need the approval. And that's, that is one of my goals. I As we end each year, I do this like not manifestation. I always take this time and I really want to center on what is coming up in the goodness. And one of the things I was saying earlier this year is I want to go to LA and I want to do it up. We just got booked for a red carpet in LA in January and that's super exciting. So I'm already seeing all these things start to turn. So then I started thinking on a deeper level, what is it I'm really personally needing? And what I'm personally needing is that unwritten confidence of, I know who I am. I know who I am as a host, as a mom. And that takes work. I would say I'm confident, but this is going to be a new year of really owning who Whitney Reynolds is as a full person mentally stably and being at peace with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when you use the word manifestation, yeah, I mean, I do think it is definitely part manifestation and also part like a close cousin to that is visualization. Yes. You want it to look and then really getting specific with it. I love this. Yes. And exactly. Well, how do I actually do that? And so that's really, as we step in, I'm in that season right now and at the December of, okay, here's what I really want for 2024. And I would even challenge your listeners to be doing that too, as they're going into their holiday season. There's a lot of chaos. This time brings up a lot of emotions for people. So how can you go into owning your story fully into next year in a way that you want it written? Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Whitney. I mean, a huge piece of this, I think that you're also referencing is the self-compassion piece, Mm -hmm. which is also one of the tenets of the work that I do. And asking yourself, like hand over the heart, what do I need right now? What do I need right now? And as moms who are so busy balancing it all, often over-functioning, we rarely stop to ask ourselves that question. It's like, wait, am I even like allowed to ask myself that question? And the answer is yes. Yes. Right. And what would your fiercest, most unconditionally supportive, loving friend say to you in a moment where you're feeling more vulnerable or fragile? Like, what do you need right now? Or like, Whitney, we are not doing that today. You're not going to fall prey to seeking the approval of others, or you remember who you are, Whitney, we're not doing that today. And when you can start to do that for yourself, that self-compassion piece, it's like gold. It is night and day. It is. And for years, I thought, oh, self-love, that's selfish. No, 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 no. Self-love helps you love others so much better when you start with yourself and you understand how do I nourish my soul? It just spreads out. Amen. Yeah. So I want to know, like in that vein, how you specifically keep yourself from burning out? With everything we're talking about, what does your own quote self-care look like? 
So that's morphed over the years because I was one of those kids that always thought the harder you work, the more success you have, the more you grow, go, 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 go. And as I've had twins and we've decided to call Chicago home, which is a very, I would say, deliberate decision. But I want to remind people, not that I'm saying the suburbs are easier, but it is so nice to pull into a grocery store, have so much room to load groceries and then pull out when you're living in the city and it's the city. And so we knew when we decided to call Chicago home that this is a decision that will add a little bit more stress to our lives because it is a city at the end of the day. And we said, how do we make this work for us? So that was one of our things. Also for the kids, how do we raise them in a way that is, I came from Oklahoma, so it's very different than how I was raised. And so as we're putting all this stuff into, I guess, we're going to use the metaphor of stew. We were like, how do we do this where we don't burn out? Because burnout doesn't just happen at work. Burnout can happen at home. Burnout can happen in your marriage. So how do we keep all of this balanced? And so one thing that we did this year, which was really neat for our family, we've invested in real estate over the city, but we decided to double down and get a lake home. And Right now we're Airbnb it. Actually, we got our first little renter in there. It was really exciting. I finally told my husband, I said, take the dates out that we're going because it's renting so much. So we, but we bought this lake home because I do need a place for my soul to get restoration. Oh. I need a place I can go and see God's face and yeah. meditate and pray. And when I get caught in the world, because we all get caught, the world's going fast. Yeah. What I can be brought back to who I am really called to be and my mission. Because as much as I am mission-centric, you can get lost in like, oh, we need this many sponsors for our show or we need this many great bookings and the ratings or this. So I needed a place that I could go watch my kids get their toes dirty, go fishing, skiing, and a place that really I can go and just center and it's my place of safety. And my home in the city is awesome and I love it. It is a it's a safety place too, but this little lake house is going to be so good for our unit. And I really do believe that we were at a critical stage as a family to yeah. say we need something like that. Yeah, the unplugging, the unplugging, the conscious unplugging from the busyness, right? Yes. There's always more, but it's like the being on top of stuff never ends. It's like when you're trying to fall asleep at night and you're thinking about your next day and all the to-dos and did you remember to fill out the school forms and when's the kids' winter assembly? And it's never ending. So I think, yeah, having a place, it sounds like, where you're able to be in nature with your family, commune with meditate, I think, yeah, I think is so important. Okay, so I am currently in the phase of my next evolution. So we're kind of like on similar paths in a way where we are developing something even better and more expansive than what we are even currently doing now. And what I am working on is the next evolution of my coaching business and helping overwhelmed moms of kids who are wired differently meaning they have ADHD or autism, dyslexia, or other neurological differences. And so while your kids may not fall into those categories, they are two different people with two totally different personalities. 
energy levels and learning styles, I'm assuming. So how do you make sure that you're giving each kid what they individually need to thrive while also tending to the things you were just talking about, your marriage and caring for yourself? Yeah. So I am very fortunate because I have a really good partner. So when one of our kids was struggling more in school, we both decided, okay, we're going to divide and conquer because they both have individual needs in different ways, but we can't compare them. Twins, so easy. It's, It's so easy to compare them. And then also they're boy and girl. So girls, as much as we always say, oh, we're so advanced, we really are. We are so much more advanced. (laughs) And I'm watching it play out firsthand. So with it, my husband and I, we decided who could really take on the sitting down and the really working through. And when you hear that one of your kids is potentially struggling, it hits, it hurts. And you say, what can I do to get them up And it was so cool because my husband is more patient than I am. And he worked so hard with our son this last year and he got him up to the level. Like now our son is not only like thriving, but he is A's. I'm seeing A's on his little report card and I'm just like so happy. But it was one of those scenarios of we do have kids. My daughter's on competition cheer squad, so she's driving across town. So how do we do this? but still give them each the attention they need. And it is so cool because I have to say that was a good partnership. And if you don't have a spouse or a partner that can necessarily do that, find a person in that you can hire or add on that can come and help you because that was really what we needed to make the scenario really help both of our kids thrive because these age, the ages they are at are very critical when it comes to reading and writing And so hearing that anybody was like falling behind really got us both serious. So we decided to fight and conquer and that helped us immensely. Yeah. I mean, to have a partner who you can really rely on and in the true sense of the word partner, right, Right. is the biggest blessing. And following up on what you just said, if you're not fortunate enough to have a, a partner like that, it does take a village. I think about every person in both of my kids' lives, right? I have one kid who is neurotypical and another one who is neurodivergent. And both of them, just like what you said, they're each, they each have needs, right? It's not, it's not like what my daughter who doesn't have differences has no worries. She has needs of her own. She needs attention too, right? She's a newly turned eight-year-old girl. And so balancing all of that, making sure I'm being like attuned and paying attention. I thank God I have a husband who is also engaged and on it. And but I also think about that village that we have and utilizing every resource that I can, not feeling shy having that confidence thing, again, that we were talking about earlier, not being shy about reaching out to the resources at school. What does the counselor have to say about this issue my kid is experiencing? Who else can I talk to? Is there an OT at school? There are educational advocates out there, by the way, which a few years ago before my son's diagnosis, I didn't even know that was a thing. There are educational advocates who, if your kids aren't getting the services that they need, That is all they do. And so really helping yourself to resource yourself 
is everything. And there are, of course, yes, things out there cost money, but there are resources available at every level. And if you're someone who's stuck and listening and times are financially difficult, just shoot me a DM or email me and I'm happy to connect you to various resources. There are so many out there. And that's what I realized is if we all live going back to this like theme of our show of owning your story, if we're shy with the details and we're not really fully stepping into it, you might want to stay reserved. Of, I, I can't ask for help, but yeah. no, you can. And help is out there for sure. Yeah. But with both my kids, I would say I'm very proud because dividing and conquering's helped us. But then we also, we switch back. And I know that I bring a lot more enthusiasm and playfulness to the kids. So hearing my son sing is beautiful to me. But you know, our daughter has been singing for a long time. So it's really understanding our strengths too as parents and bringing out those fun quirks that make us unique, but we know they're in our kids. So pulling those out as well. Yeah. I just, I'm looking at you and I'm just smiling from ear to ear and we're wrapping up in a minute, but the sweatshirt you're wearing, right? That's your, yeah. My swag. Yeah. 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 Your story matters. And if I can leave people with that and also give them that encouragement to be there for other people with owning their story, being that bridge for others is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Such a beautiful mission and you're living it. You have been living it for a long time. And I am beyond excited to see what you're going to do in 2024. And so if people want to watch you or tune into you, tell us where they can do that again. Yeah. So we are nationally syndicated on PBS. So no matter what your market is, you'll find us. The trick is though, we play at different times in different markets. So Chicago, New York, LA, we're prime time, but different days. So if you go to WhitneyReynolds.com, you can find a channel finder, which is really helpful. But don't forget to put your email in because we can't email you back if you don't put your email in there so we know where to send the channel directions. But you can also, we have really dug deep into streaming. So every streaming thing we're on, Tubi, Prime, you name it. We want our mission to be accessible to everybody. So we are really streaming. And then I love Instagram shorts. So if you follow me on Instagram, we take these big interviews and make them very digestible for Instagram. So we make them in under two minutes and you get the mission-centric stuff and you can share it with others very easily with one little click. I love it, Whitney. So cool. You're doing such beautiful things. And I just want to say a big wholehearted thank you to you for joining me today. And until next time, keep shining brightly. Bye, everyone. If you have enjoyed the show and want to learn more, you can follow me at www.sheilluminated.com or email me with comments and show ideas at Jana at sheilluminated.com. If you're interested in working with me as a coaching client, contact me at Jana at JanaFuchsCoaching.com. And if this episode meant something to you, please consider supporting the show by taking less than one minute to rate and review the show. It makes all the difference in the world to help spread the word, and it makes it accessible to wider audiences everywhere. You can also take a screenshot of it and share it with a friend or on your socials. Tag me, Jana Fuchs Coaching. And as always, may you walk through the rest of your day 
feeling just a bit more brightly illuminated. Until next time.